It's a new season, new studio, new segments, new platform, but the same podcast. Let's get to it. It's the Thunder Basketball Universe. Welcome into the Thunder Basketball Universe presented by Coop Aleworks. It's a new look, but the same podcast. We're coming to you live from our brand new TBU studio. So this means that you'll not only be able to find us wherever you listen to podcasts, but you can also see these two faces on YouTube as well. We've got some new segments, a new format as well with this TBU, and we've got a lot to cover in this podcast. We've got a full se- a full week of training camp behind us, a preseason game under this team's belt. So let's jump into one of our, our new segments, one of our first segments here, and that's you can say that again, Gallo. Okay, so this is from our preseason game, Gallo. I'll let you go first. This this segment is all about a quote that we liked from the, the past week or so, and we have to figure out which player said it. Okay, all right. My quote is, it was fun just playing with my guys. <laughs> <laughs> I actually know this quote because we talked about it after the, the press conference, but that was Poku. That's right, yeah. Alexi Pokashevsky. He, he came in off the bench. He was kind of a, a primary ball handler for the Thunder off the bench in that loss to the Charlotte Hornets in the very first preseason game in Paycom Center. But he was up there. He was cheering on his teammates all night long. He came into the post-game press conference room and just kind of hung out on the wall in the corner watching Josh Giddy, the rookie, give his post-game press conference. Poku was in there just taking it all in, listening to the whole thing. Then when it was time to come and sit down to the podium himself, he kind of leaned back in his chair. He was very cool, very casual, and said, it was just fun playing with my guys. And, you know, it just struck me, a year ago, Poku was not even drafted by the Thunder right. yet. And to have him, you know, be up there so casual, so confident, and also so just intertwined with his teammates uh, and feeling like those are his guys. I thought that was really cool. Well, and I think that speaks to the value of training camp, right? That's the whole point of this. There are a lot of new faces on this Thunder roster. And so we'll get to this in a little a little bit later in the podcast. But the Thunder did a little something different during training camp this season. They practiced at the Thunder Blue Ion for the first week. And that was really to help build some camaraderie and kind of go back to the roots and the history of the organization. I think seeing Poku with that level of comfortability you know being able to play with his guys speaks to that working for them yeah and this is a guy in Poku who had to become a professional at age 13 he he moved away from his home country to go to Greece he comes to the United States he's living out of a hotel he he doesn't have the most perfect English that there is and yet He's, he's tight with all the guys on the team, and, and so I just I love seeing that from a guy like Poku. I love that. I love that. Great right. choice. What's your quote, Paris? All right. This one, this one might get you. It was tough to get my pregame nap in today. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So this is – I'm going to do process of elimination here because we talked to Mike Mascala before the game for pregame one-on-one. Might have with, given it away. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> Uh, and and I, I'm pretty sure that he is the one that said that quote. That is correct. And this goes to the excitement that all of these guys had to play in front of a live crowd, but also that first of playing your first preseason game against a live opponent. Mike was just talking about his excitement. It was tough for him to get his pregame nap in, those, those excitement, that jitters of just wanting to get out there and play. And Gallo, for us too, 
It was so great just to have a crowd in the arena inside a Paycom Center. Yeah, everything gets ramped up at the start of a new season, just like us. We, we yeah. just ramped up this start of the season three of the Thunder Basketball Universe. You can be watching us here on the Thunder's YouTube channel in our new studio. That's how the players felt. That's how the fans at Paycom Center felt. Josh Giddy spoke very similarly about that. It's just like, it was it was just as good for the guys to be back and playing against a new opponent as it was for the fans to right. be in that building. And I, I think sometimes there can feel like this totally different world that the players are involved in, but they are completely uh, connected to the fan base at all times, and a guy like Muskie for sure. Yep, and it was just really cool to hear that from a veteran like Muskie, the oldest guy on the team by two weeks, just two weeks, and then you combat that, you kind of juxtapose with a Josh Giddy who hasn't ever experienced uh, the roar of Loud City or the experience of the Thunder fan base. And so hearing both of them talk about that is really, really cool to see. Yeah, one other thing just for Thunder fans, the game night experience is going to be a little bit different this year. I mean, during media day, we were sitting right next right. to the events and entertainment uh, s- section of media day where they were continuing to gather all sorts of footage and, and new ways to entertain the crowd throughout the, the course of the season at Paycom Center. So be sure when you come down here to take it all in. Take it all in. So let's go into this next new segment that we have here on the TBU. I am so excited for this one. It's called Name That Dude. Similar to You Can Shay That Again, but this time in terms of stats. So me and Gallo have both laid out a stat line from a player without the name of that player. So we have to guess which stat line belongs to which player. And this is from the Thunder's first preseason game that was played on Monday, yesterday. We're recording this on Tuesday, October 5th. And we're we're going from those stat lines. So, Gal, I'll let you go first again. Let's read out your stat line. I'll try to guess who it belongs to. Okay. This player, in 16 minutes, had five rebounds and three steals. Hmm. Okay. Process of elimination here. Okay. Okay. So... I am thinking of a guy who I remember having multiple steals in that game. Okay. And it's not the guy that I chose because my guy also had three (laughs) steals. (laughs) And so I'm going to go with Darius Baisley. You got it. Ding, 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 ding. Let's go. Yeah. I wanted to highlight Bays because he didn't score in, in the first preseason game. He played kind of that first half rotation, about 16 minutes. You know, those are starters minutes in the NBA if you play just one half of basketball. But I thought that he really tapped into something that he talk, talked to us about at Media Day, which is his identity of bringing effort and energy and hustle, and that that's the stuff that he can control from night to night. And so you see him on the glass, five boards in, in a half of play, three steals, he was there in weak side help coverage on a number of those and really able to just intercept him and, and get the Thunder out and rolling. I loved seeing Darius in the different lineups and player combinations. And this is something that I talked about so much during the live stream yesterday was just the positionless nature of this team and seeing Darius grab a rebound and immediately take off up the floor with the ball in his hands or push the ball ahead and run up the sidelines. That's something we've seen from Darius since he started with the Thunder is just that versatility with the frame that he has and the athleticism that he has at his disposal. And seeing seeing him be able to use that to his advantage on the floor. Yeah, and and we need to all just keep looking for those types of signs from him because he's a guy that can be a great glue player for Mm -hmm. this team. You think of SGA, you think of Josh Giddey, Teo Maladon, Ty Jerome. There are tons of ball handlers. Lou Dort, a guy that can get downhill. 
Darius needs to be a guy that can continue to just connect this group right. and fill in the areas that are needed from a night-to-night basis. And sometimes that's rebounding. We saw that at the end of the season. A lot of times it's going to be defense and just being in the right spot. Gallo, that was a that was a really great choice for this first name that <laughs> dude segment. All right, I'm worried. I, I'm not sure I know. I'm gonna know yours here. <laughs> All right, so this one stood out to me for the very first stat on here, and that is six for six from the free throw line, also three steals and eight points. This is a tough one. This is a tough, a tough one. one. I can give you a hint. Give me a hint. In terms of position, think opposite Darius okay interesting I was gonna say Ty Jerome for this one very close okay very very close is it Teo close again oh my gosh all right all right right. a point guard that starts with T (laughs) (laughs) Trey man goodness gracious okay you know, I was just, I was circling in. Is it warmer, warmer, warmer? Yes, exactly. I went, okay. with, I went with Trey Mann here because this was really my first opportunity to see Trey in action, up close, you know, right there in front of me. And the thing that stuck out to me the most was how shifty he is Quick on first the offense. Yeah. Yes. And how he is able to change direction so quickly, so sharply. And that really puts defenses in a bind. And we saw that with his ability to get to the free throw line. I thought that was so cool to see in a first preseason game. Yeah, I mean, at the guard position in this league, you've got to be able to beat your man off the bounce. And if you're racking up free throw attempts, that's usually a sign that that's exactly what you're doing. Yeah, and this is this will, we'll get into this a little bit more later, but he was part of my favorite lineup combination out there on the floor. Yes, I'm a little bit biased because I'm a point guard, but you went through the whole <laughs> list of them right there, Teo, Ty, and Trey. Those guys out there on the floor, three guards who all, I mean, they have different skill sets. They have different things that they bring to the table, but they're all point guards, really. And and they did a really good job out there on the floor. And seeing Trey be able to play off the ball, but also, you know, handle the rock and be that primary ball ball handler, that, that was really cool to see in that, that lineup. It's going to be crucial for him to pick up on what he did in college, which is move off the ball quite well, being able to to cut and misdirect and set up his man and play with tempo and all those kind of things. Because if you got Teo, if you got Ty Jerome on the floor, those guys are able to spot up and shoot as well, but also handle it and create a little bit. And so Trey, man, just get in where you can fit in on the offensive side of the ball. And then the other big thing about Trey that I loved, he stood in there, took a charge and that first game of summer league, he stood in, Got his nose dirty and took a charge. Same thing in his first preseason game, too. That was cool. Yep. Got to get that hard work and laying that foundation early, being willing to sacrifice your body for the good of the team. That was You Can Name That Dude, Gallo. I think this is going to be a hit moving forward. I say we stick with it. I like it a lot. I love it. I love it. (laughs) All right. So we're already talking about this Charlotte game. Let's just keep rolling. Gallo, what were some of your biggest observations from that first preseason game? Yeah, well, I think it was the first extended look at Josh Giddy, And, of course, you know, there was no summer league to, to get a more like holistic perspective. He played five minutes in summer league. It is just one preseason game and the second half, you know, he, he really got it rolling, but uh, just some things that you can see out there about Josh that look like, okay, he can be a playmaker at this level, but the, the pace and the tempo mm-hmm. and just how hard some of the passes are, are rifling across the court and the ease with which he's able to kind of sling them. The, the one-handed lefty sling pass to, to Maladone in the corner was yep. just sick. Uh, but then he finished it up with a putback uh, and one there over Mason Plumley, who's not a small dude. So you're seeing some of the things that he can do that, that make you go, whoa. 
Yeah, he's got that six foot eight frame, which helps him be able to, I think, see the floor a lot better at that position because you can see over the defense, you can see the you've got a different vantage point, which you know really helps with those cross court passes and the vision on the floor. One thing that stuck out to me and something that he mentioned after the game is really his bread and butter and where he feels like he is at his best is in transition. And he can really make those decisions and see the floor. And I think this is where his professional experiences come into play because reading the floor in transition, that's a different beast than it is in the half court because a lot of different parts are moving. You're dealing with mismatches, guys not really matched up, and you have to kind of make reads earlier. But you could tell that he was able to read that pretty well and pretty quickly for for a guy at his age. Yeah, one of the things that was really interesting was he just would grab the ball off off the rim, and he wasn't jogging the ball up the floor, but – he was getting into it, kind of lulling the defense to sleep a little bit, and then we'd go and attack in mm-hmm. transition. And so it was almost at that moment where the defense feels like, okay, we're back and we're set. That's when he would go. And it's a little cleverness there because sometimes you get guys that want to go headlong and they want to speed down the court and they right. want to beat the entire defense down. And there's other guys that want to, want to slow up the pace, slow up the tempo, let them get into the, the offensive set. Giddy was kind of playing with that a little bit and, and trying to find that in-between zone. But again... One preseason game, we've got a lot more to see. Even he said after the game, I've got a long way to go in terms of understanding the pace, the tempo, and the physicality of this level. A lot of a lot of really a lot of work still ahead of everybody on this roster. But Gallo, one thing that stuck out for me, and the big observation for me was what we saw from Aaron Wiggins in this game. He only played seven minutes, but he had twelve points, and we saw a lot of fancy footwork from him. And I think this was an extension of what we saw in summer league for him because we saw the same thing: him being able to be shifty and crafty and find ways to. Get the ball through the hoop but also he stepped out and went three for three from deep in those seven minutes of action I thought that was really great to see from Aaron Paris I'm just glad that on our okcthunder.com and Thunder Mobile app live stream that we did with Chris Fisher and Michael Cage that you were able to sneak in that nugget of yours about how Aaron Wiggins used to be a dancer when he was a child and he would do what did he ballet ballet jazz, jazz and hip hop yeah, okay. yep. yeah there you go so I, I, Paris is, is so in on this hit that I've memorized her own hit uh, <laughs> over this time I need to interject here the reason I am so uh, on board with this is because I went through the very a very similar experience growing up I did ballet and jazz and that footwork that understanding of kind of rhythm and body control helps you on the floor as well and understanding what you need to do in terms of making sure you're on balance and getting to your right position at the right time. Yeah, I, I'm teasing you because you're you're exactly right. Like he was able to rock the defense in a way that was just so smooth and he was able to get to his spots because of that spin move that he did. The sidestep on the three-pointer, he created yep. so much separation there. Uh, and then he knocked down the other two that were catch and shoot. So you know, at the 55th pick, you got to feel pretty good about uh, the first showing for Aaron Wiggins. He'll be a guy that, you know, at age 22, I believe, um, will we'll be able to do some really nice things for the Thunder and the Blue this season. We got a lot of looks from a lot of those young guys out there on the floor. And really, the coaching staff wanted to treat this preseason game as an extension of practice for the Thunder, which means they want to get a look at a lot of different player combinations, a lot of different lineups. I mentioned my favorite lineup, which was the point guard heavy lineup. But we also saw Gallo, one that you pointed out, which was a really tall lineup. Right. The three tallest players on this Thunder roster were out there on the floor together. Yeah, so Mike Muscala, 
Alexei Pokashevsky, Josh Giddy, and Jeremiah Robinson Earl were all on the floor, and the point guard in that lineup was Ty Jerome. So everyone out there was 6'5 and above, right. and four of the guys were 6'9 and above. So I, I just I thought it's so fun, and I could just tell like this was what Mark Dagnall was doing last night was, all right, I'm going to throw four really small guys out there, and I'm going to throw four really big guys out there, and we're just going to mess around, and we're going to yep. see like how this goes, what this looks like, um, and you know, he told us that this was exactly what he was going to do in the preceding four or five practices that we've had during training camp. Um, but it, it's cool to see it actually out. And, and one thing that, that has always fascinated me, Paris, about NBA coaching is like how they come up with the lineups ahead of time, how they how they really uh, plan that out and figure out, OK, at this minute, Mark, we're going to get this guy in and this guy in. Like, these are the lineups that we want to see. You know, there's a million sports science guys back there that <laughs> yep, are figuring all that out. Definitely. And this is something that now that they have all of this experience, I say all of this experience because they've had a week of training camp and this is their first opportunity to go against a live opponent. It'll be their only opportunity for the next seven days now because their next game isn't until October 10th against Milwaukee. So they have a, a little bit longer time to really focus in on what they learned from this matchup against a live opponent where you have somebody that is actually trying to take you out of your stuff, who doesn't know yeah. what you're about to throw at them, and who similarly, you don't know what they're trying to pull off offensively as well. So this is some really good touch point, valuable experience for this group to see how some of these lineups shaked out, shaked up, shaked out and worked. <laughs> I don't know what I was trying to say there, but yeah, you get my point. The, yeah. the, they wanted to see how these things worked out against a live opponent and now they can use that for the rest of training camp well Paris you know this like as a former basketball player when you when you go into practice and you're going up against your same teammates and you're going in and you're throwing up horns and everybody <laughs> knows what's happening right I mean, even I remember in high school like you're diving to the spot of where the ball is going to get passed yeah. because you already know what's coming and and so when you're going up against a team that doesn't necessarily know what's ha what's you know coming at them yeah uh, on every single possession or there's some of those things that you're just getting into these concepts and motions and the other teams on their heels, you're on your heels because you don't know what's coming from the opposition either. Uh, that's just a really great um, time to, to mess with the Play-Doh and, and, and pull it in different ways and, and figure out, okay, what, what exactly, what kind of material do we have to work with here? Well, the Thunder will have four more practices before their next preseason game. Get a chance to test out that Play-Doh a little bit more. <laughs> Be sure to stay locked on OKCThunder.com and follow at OKCThunder on all social media channels. Of course, we'll keep you covered here on TBU as well before the Thunder kicks off their next preseason game. Coop L Works is the proud sponsor of Thunder Basketball Universe. Brewers of the fan favorites F5 IPA and 99 Calorie Ice Chest IPA. You'll find those and many more Coop beers at retailers across Oklahoma. Learn more at CoopLWorks.com. This is Shea Gildas Alexander, and you're listening to the Thunder Basketball Universe. All right, let's take a look now at what's on tap for this group going down the line. The first thing, we, we talked about the previous uh, preseason game for the Thunder. The next one at home will be on October 14th, and that game will again be a live stream right. on the Thunder mobile app. Yeah, a uh, couple games in between then will be going up till Milwaukee yes. uh, on the 10th. That's this Sunday. Uh, the Thunder's going to play the Milwaukee Bucks. That's going to be an ESPN game. But Paris and I will be there on site, giving you all that coverage that you need for OKCThunder.com. And then there's one other preseason game. Actually, the front end of that back-to-back -to, -back to end the preseason slate 
the 13th up in Tulsa, playing against the Denver Nuggets there as well. And one thing to note for fans coming into the arena here at Paycom Center, there are a few new protocols that are put in place just to ensure everybody's health and safety in a game night environment. So for all of those protocols and everything that you need to know, FAQs, things along those lines, be sure to go to okcthunder.com slash health protocol just to make sure that you're up to date on everything you need to know before coming into the arena. It was a lot of cool, a lot of fun seeing fans in the building, and it was even greater knowing that everybody was in a healthy and safe environment as well. Our very own Paris Lawson did an amazing job on this Know Before You Go video. You can find it on okcthunder.com. It really helps you understand everything that you need to do on your way into the arena, and really, it's pretty simple. And there's also some cool things that are happening in Paycom Center this year that weren't there before. It's a whole, it's an entirely cashless building, which I think is awesome. Fully digital, only use your mobile device for tickets and parking passes. All of those answers will, all those questions will be answered on that link, okcthunder.com slash health protocol. But one thing, Gallo, you mentioned, the Thunder will have a game in Tulsa at the BOK Center. And when we're talking about Tulsa, we got to mention Thunder Fellows. A few big updates for them. Congratulations to Executive Director Cedric Ikpo on their announcement of their brand new and very first Thunder Fellows cohort. He is a friend of the pod. We've had him on before. If you haven't heard that podcast with Cedric, be sure to go back and listen to that. It was a great explanation of Thunder Fellows and what they're doing up there in Tulsa. Yeah, scroll back down and take a look at that because Cedric does such a great job of just laying out what the vision for this program is going to be for these kids in Tulsa, black youth that are interested in um, data analytics and some of the ways in which those fields intersect with media, entertainment, sports, and whatnot. And so the Thunder and Thunder Fellows are really proud that this cohort has been announced and, and selected. And the video from this is just oh. amazing to see the kids' reactions as they're being told that they are a Thunder Fellow. It certainly blessed all of our timelines. So if you want to go see that, be sure to follow at Thunder Fellows on Instagram. And before we go, Gallo, what's on tap? You've got something cooking over there in terms of content. What's coming on tap? That's right, yeah. It's uh, Hispanic Heritage Month, and so one thing that we really wanted to do was focus on a player that is from a Spanish-speaking country, Gabriel Deck. And so I've got a feature article coming about him, about his childhood growing up in Argentina, the the things that he did, the hard work that he and his family uh, put forth every single day to get him to this point where he's entering his technically his second NBA season. He played 10 games for the Thunder last year, but you know, it's just amazing to, to listen to him talk about his journey and some of the things that, that he went through in his life. And so it makes you proud to be a Thunder fan and and to be rooting for a guy like this. So be sure, you know, the link at this point, okcthunder.com to check out that that's coming out on Thursday, but until then, thank you so much for watching and listening to today's episode on the Thunder basketball universe. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Tune in as well on YouTube. Thank you so much to our producer, Matt Bishop. Until next time, Thunder Up, and catch you later.